the rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Right now, 27 degrees, flurries reported in some areas. On this Wednesday, February 1st, good morning, I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. It's the beginning of finally constructing a 21st century rail system that's long, long overdue. President Biden in the Big Apple yesterday delivering a $292 million grant for the Hudson River Tunnel Project. President Trump's video deposition released by the New York Attorney General's office, part of the investigation into the Trump Organization. Actor Alec Baldwin and the armor on the set of Russ formally charged in the shooting death of the movie's cinematographer. Embattled Congressman George Santos bows out of two congressional committees amid investigations swirling around him. Two residents of Memphis alleged that one of the five officers facing murder charges in the beating death of Tyree Nichols threatened to shoot them. A $292 million federal grant announced by President Joe Biden, who was in New York City yesterday. It's for a portion of the Hudson River Tunnel Project. These monies will aid in the completion of an early phase of the Hudson Tunnel Project, part of the long-delayed gateway program. It's the beginning of finally constructing a 21st century rail system that's long, long overdue in this country. But it's going to take time. It's a multi-billion dollar effort between the states and the federal government. But we finally have the money and we're going to get it done. I promise you, we're going to get it done. Biden was joined for a tour and announcement at the West Side Rail Yard by Governors Hochul and Murphy, New York City Mayor Adams, Senators Schumer, Gillibrand, Booker, Menendez and others. The long-delayed tunnel will improve reliability for the 200,000 weekday passengers on Amtrak and New Jersey Transit. A video of the deposition last August conducted by the New York Attorney General's Office of former President Donald Trump is out. He was questioned about the Trump Organization. President Trump invoked the Fifth Amendment and declined to answer questions. Under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I respectfully decline to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. The former president invoked the fifth more than 400 times during the deposition. Trump said he had no choice but to invoke the Fifth Amendment. The Trump Organization eventually fined $1.6 million for not paying taxes. Actor Alec Baldwin and the armor on the set of the movie Rust, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, were criminally charged yesterday for their alleged involvement in the fatal shooting that led to cinematographer Helena Hutchins' death. Baldwin was formally charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter in the alternative Tuesday, according to court documents obtained by Fox News Digital. Attorney Richard Roth weighs in on the charges against Baldwin on Fox News. Alec Baldwin is not supposed to open the gun and make sure there are blanks in it. He's entitled to rely on the people who are supposed to do their job. So uh, it's going to be a tough sell by the prosecutor. And, and I do think that his statement that I don't know whose fault it is, but it's not mine rings true because it's not the actor's responsibility to make sure that other people do their job. Santa Fe DA Mary Carmack Altwise said today we have taken another important step in securing justice for Alina Hutchins, adding 
In New Mexico, no one is above the law and justice will be served. Two residents of Memphis told NBC News that one of the former police officers charged with murdering 29-year-old Tyree Nichols allegedly pulled a gun on them three years ago, threatening to shoot them both in the face. 26-year-old Glenn Harris and 27-year-old Demarius Hervey described their violent encounter with former Memphis police officer Emmett Martin III just days after the department released police body camera and surveillance videos of Nichols' violent arrest. Antonio Romanucci, attorney for the Nichols family, spoke to CNN. In what humanity, what world do you leave somebody who is in agony and pain and, and clear distress laying on the ground for 20 minutes knowing that he has sustained injuries that will likely cause death? Harrison Harvey Brothers said that they were standing outside a downtown gas station back in August 2020 when police cars surrounded them. Fearing arrest because they'd been smoking marijuana and had a registered handgun, they fled in Harris's car. When police caught up with them, Harrison Martin said they were pinned to the pavement with a knee on his neck and pointed a service weapon at his head. Martin allegedly said, I'll blow your face off. Harvey said Martin also threatened to shoot him in the face. Meanwhile, Vice President Harris travels to Memphis today for the Tyree Nichols funeral. Republican Congressman George Santos of Long Island has temporarily withdrawn from two House committees to which he was appointed by party leaders. He, of course, under investigation over his largely made-up resume, bizarre past behavior, and campaign finance filings. Santos appeared for an interview with only American News Network. I don't think lying is excusable ever, period. What I might have done during the campaign does not reflect what is being done in the office. Explaining his decision, Santos said he wanted to focus on serving the constituents of New York's 3rd Congressional District and providing federal-level representation without distraction. A former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley, who served as ambassador to the U.N. during former President Trump's administration, will join Trump in the race for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Multiple sources confirmed to Fox News Digital that Haley will formally declare her candidacy for the White House at an event in Charleston, South Carolina, February 15th. She spoke on Fox News' Hannity. It is time for a new generation. It is time for more leadership. It is time for the fact that we really start to take our country back. We cannot have another term of Joe Biden. And we have to remember, too, we have lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. It is time that we get a Republican in there that can lead and that can win a general election. Haley's travels have brought her numerous times to places like Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada, which hold the first, second, and fourth contests in the Republican presidential nominating calendar. Haley's home state of South Carolina votes third in the GOP primary schedule. Former President Trump has already declared. Well, a Republican-led U.S. House of Representatives Tuesday ignored opposition from President Biden and voted to end the public health emergency related to COVID-19. The GOP won some support from House Democrats on a second bill that would end the government's requirement that federal health care workers must be vaccinated against COVID. These two bills, the Pandemic is Over Act and the Freedom for Health Care Workers Act, were planned by Republicans last week. And late Monday, the White House announced that it will terminate the national COVID emergency on May 11th. The White House also announced its opposition to the two bills. Still, there was some opposition in Congress. Representative Mark Takano of California spoke on the House floor. 
This is an effort by our Republican colleagues to hastily terminate a public health emergency designation uh, that will have damaging effects on our nation's veterans and those who care for them. The Pandemic is Over Act, which would end the public health emergency, passed 220 to 210 in a vote that saw every Republican vote for it and every Democrat vote against it. But the Freedom for Health Care Workers Act, which would end the vaccination requirement for federal health care workers, passed 227 to 203 with help from seven Democrats. Gun advocates are up in arms. Military veterans from Texas and Wisconsin are suing the Biden administration. It's over a new rule from the administration which recategorizes up to 40 million pistols with stabilizing braces as short-barreled rifles. The rule implemented by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives would actually reclassify many pistols used with stabilizing braces as short-barreled rifles. So that means owners would be required to obtain a federal license to own under the National Firearms Act. And Americans who fail to do so could face fines and jail time, according to this lawsuit. A member of the U.S. Concealed Carry Association spoke on YouTube. I don't understand it. I don't understand why it's happening. I don't understand what its intent is beyond the public safety element that's put out there. Beyond that, I'm not 100% sure how it's going to be effective, given the millions of people that own and possess firearms and have these pistol braces. The lawsuit filed by the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty alleges that the ATF rule from January 13th violates the Second Amendment and the separation of powers, which restricts federal agencies from enacting laws without clear authorization from the U.S. Congress. House Judiciary Committee member Andy Biggs, the Republican out of Arizona, announced on Tucker Carlson tonight he will bring articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas has been under fire for his handling of the southern border crisis, with Republicans like Biggs claiming he has failed to adjudicate standing federal immigration laws as a record number of illegal migrants cross over the southern border. Biggs is a member of the conservative House Freedom Caucus. He said it is the responsibility of Congress to remove a public official from office who is causing public harm, citing the founding fathers' intents. In my opinion, it's unconscionable. He's literally attacked the essence of this country by attacking the geographical integrity. And he's changing uh, so much. He's put so many people in danger. We've got terrorists here that would never have been here. We've got criminal gang members. And we've got well over a million people here. We have no idea anything about their background, where they went, because they just got away into the country because of his policies. In November, Biggs, a fellow Arizonian, Representative Debbie Lesko, also called on the secretary to step down or face investigation. One of the largest provinces up in Canada is now moving forward with a plan to become the first province in the country to decriminalize several hard drugs. Starting Tuesday, residents of British Columbia older than 18 will be allowed to carry up to two and a half grams of drugs, such as cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, methamphetamine and morphine. Here is Carolyn Bennett, Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. We will be able to reduce the stigma, the fear and shame that keep people who use drugs silent about their use or using alone and help more people access life-saving supports and treatment. 
It's a two-year pilot program. Advocates for the plan hope it will address the spike in overdose deaths, which have left 10,000 people dead in British Columbia since 2016. 77 WABC News Time 515. Justin Ellis, Hero Sports. Well, thank you, Deb. Got some basketball to get to here. So we'll start there. The Knicks lost a close one at home last night to the Los Angeles Lakers. Your final score being 129 to 123. Jalen Brunson was great once again for New York, going for 37 points in his 44 minutes on the floor. But it wasn't enough to outdo LA's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who went for 28 and 27, respectively, with his triple-double. James now moves within 89 points of breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career scoring record, and he climbed into fourth place on the assists list last night as well. As for uh, your Brooklyn Nets, they'll be back at it tonight in Boston to tip it off with the Celtics at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And news out of the football world here as we uh, lead into uh, Super Bowl 57 coming up in a couple of weeks. The Denver Broncos have wasted no time in locking up their next head coaches. They agreed yesterday to a trade with the New Orleans Saints to make Sean Payton their new head honcho. Payton obviously took off last year. The Saints will receive the Broncos 2023 first round pick and 2024 second round pick for Payton and the Saints 2024 third round selection. And they're also expected to make him one of the highest paid head coaches in the league and out of uh, Major League Baseball here, longtime Yankee Chad Green will no longer be donning the pinstripes as the free agent reliever agreed yesterday to a two-year $8.5 million contract with the division rival Toronto Blue Jays. So we'll, see, we'll be seeing him a few times a year. Uh, the deal includes options for 2025 and 2026 and could be worth $29.25 million over four seasons. Green is likely to miss at least the early portion of next season while recovering from Tommy John surgery he received last summer whilst with the Yankees. And that's all I got here with your early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellis on 77 WABC. Right. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The Federal Reserve to announce its eighth consecutive rate hike today. Estimates are a 25 basis point increase, the smallest since March of last year. Fed Chair Jerome Powell to make the announcement at 2.30 Eastern. All three major stock indexes posting significant gains last month. The S&P notching its best month since 2019. The Nasdaq up 11% after technology stocks rallied. More jobs data today. The January ADP employment report forecast to be down about 45,000 from December. Meta earnings today. Facebook's parent lost nearly two-thirds of its value last year, mostly because of lost advertising revenue. After two consecutive periods with no forecast, investors are looking for an improved outlook. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking your futures this morning, the Dow and the Red down 139 points at 34,017. The S&P's fallen 14 and three quarter points. The Nasdaq down 30 and a quarter points. Gold down as well, $4.90 an ounce. Crude oil up though, three cents a barrel at $78.90. The WABC early news. 77 WABC news time 520. On New Jersey's Governor Phil Murphy in a show of support Tuesday night at a Bloomfield synagogue where two days before a suspect tried to torch the synagogue using a Molotov cocktail. The visit as well as anti-Semitic attacks in New Jersey are escalating. Governor Murphy at Temple Nur Tamid. 
absolutely despicable. Unfortunately, the, the, the amount of anti-Semitic actions in New Jersey is almost exploding. On Sunday around 3 a.m., somebody tried to set fire to that synagogue. But as part of the synagogue's security measures already in place, the glass door was shatterproof. As police investigate, members of Homeland Security, the prosecutor's office, that's Essex County, and other agencies are reaching out to houses of worship around New Jersey. Well, there's a new clue now in the case of a missing CUNY Law School student. 77 WABC's Noam Layden has more. New video shows Jordan Taylor slowly walking past the Goldman Sachs building in Lower Manhattan about 2.30 a.m. on January 7th. That was the last trace of him. He was still there walking around, so I, I took that as, as positive news. I know I'm going to find him. That's Jordan's brother who says the family was concerned about the Cooney Law School student's mental health. On January 7th, Jordan bolted out of a Queens barbershop mid-haircut, was spotted at the Port Authority, and then one last glimpse of him in lower Manhattan. Cops have no idea where he could be. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. Well, the South Huntington School Board has voted unanimously to implement additional security measures and hire armed security officers. They'll patrol outside of all of its school buildings. During the contentious school board meeting, the board president said he believed 70 percent of parents were in agreement with armed guards. The time an individual is on school grounds looking to do harm you're talking about seconds. And how do we combat that? There's no guarantee that police officers can be there within seconds. There are seven schools and eight buildings in the South Huntington School District. The security officers will carry concealed weapons and they would remain outside and not enter schools at an annual cost to the district of about $750,000. These armed guards will begin monitoring the district's school buildings starting at the end of January. There'll be retired police officers from places like the NYPD and Suffolk County. A 22-year-old Instagram model accused of using a kitchen knife and a hammer to ruthlessly murder her sleeping father in late December was apparently enraged because of an argument over a laptop. That, according to prosecutors, the revelation during Nikki Secondino's arraignment this week. Some of the staff of Mike Steiner, where Carlo worked her father as a waiter, spoke to NBC4 New York. A lot of people are going to miss him here. He's like just a wonderful person. I'm just in shock. He's a very nice man. He was a very nice man. Very nice. And I hope that God rest his soul. Second, Dina was remanded back to Rikers Island Jail, where she has been held without bail since the December 29th bludgeoning and stabbing in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. She allegedly attacked her 61-year-old father, Carlos, as he slept on the couch around 5.20 a.m. on the third to last day of 2022, striking him with a hammer and then stabbing him with a kitchen knife. Her 19-year-old sister, Leanna, heard the commotion in the living room and came to intervene, at which point Secondino allegedly turned the knife on her sister, stabbing her repeatedly. The sister underwent surgery but is expected to survive. Charges against Nikki Secondino unsealed in that indictment include second-degree murder in her father's death as well as second-degree attempted murder in the attack on her sister. Well, this is a story of a different kind. A pink pigeon, yes, a pink pigeon is being cared for at the Wild Bird Fund after being rescued by a good Samaritan in Madison Square Park. 
787 WABC's Alex Barnard explains. According to wildlife officials, it appears the domestic king pigeon was deliberately dyed pink, possibly for a gender reveal party or an experiment, and then released. Antonio Sanchez of the Wild Bird Fund spoke to ABC7. I don't think we've ever really had a pink pigeon um, come into the clinic, so we were all pretty surprised. We were pretty... Honestly, you know, disgusted that someone would do this to this animal. The group says being an unusual color makes the bird even more of a target in trying to survive in the city. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Tragedy in Newark, New Jersey. A four-year-old girl was struck and killed and two others were injured by a vehicle that fled the scene in Newark Tuesday night, according to law enforcement. The incident happened along 6th Avenue West and North 9th Street in Newark. Investigators worked the scene in silence, orbiting around a spot in the pavement on the roadway marked by a child's backpack and a shoe. Mohammed Tori, the victim's uncle, spoke to ABC7. I have no idea what's going on because I was coming from the building and I, I saw a man on the floor. And as soon as I got at work, my, phone, my wife was calling me. And she was like, the, the man you saw on the floor, it's your brother. A second child and an adult were also injured in that incident. Both are expected to survive. There are so far no arrests in connection with this tragedy. An investigation is continuing by the Newark Police Department. Also, an investigation underway after a teenager. A 16-year-old male was critically injured after being stabbed. This happened in the Bronx yesterday afternoon. This stabbing happened at West 195th Street and Jerome Avenue. Just after 2.30 yesterday afternoon, that victim was taken to Jacoby Medical Center after being stabbed in the stomach with an unknown object. He is in critical but stable condition at Jacoby Hospital. The name of this individual not yet released. But authorities say that five males ran away southbound on Jerome Avenue following this stabbing. So far, no arrests have been made and an investigation is ongoing. Dr. Phil is ending its run on daytime TV after 21 seasons. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the details. Dr. Phil McGraw has decided to end the show at the close of its current season this spring. The show airs Monday through Friday and averages roughly 2 million viewers per episode, making it CBS's highest rated daytime talk show. When announcing the decision, Dr. Phil told fans he's been, quote, blessed to work on the show for over 25 years, helping, quote, thousands of guests and millions of viewers with their problems. He promised that even though he's moving on from daytime television, there's still a lot more he wants to do. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. 77 WABC News Time 529. If you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, WABCRadio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.